What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Today on Creature Feature, we'll discuss some weapons of ass destruction. Insect butts explode, spraying deadly chemicals. Hippos make poop rockets. Scorpions are willing to literally throw away their anus in deadly combat. We're talking about some of the nastiest acts of foul play in the animal and human kingdom. And later, I'll be talking to a real-life researcher and curator at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County about one of the weirdest, most gruesome animal behaviors I've ever heard of. So, as we'll discuss, evolution is, how should I put it, inventive when it comes to weaponry. But how about some good old American ingenuity? How do we compare to the animal kingdom? In World War II, the OSS, America's Espionage Agency, tried to put a little stink on our military strategy. They, along with their British counterparts, were developing a stink bomb. A top-secret memo detailed the S-liquid, an oily substance with a, quote, highly persistent smell suggestive of personal uncleanliness. It could be deployed via a gel capsule, a perfume atomizer, or a pesticide sprayer. The intent wasn't to down the German targets, but to make them the subject of, quote, derision or contempt, ruining their morale by rendering them too stanky. Further developed stink weapons were meant to have the, quote, revolting odor of a very loose bowel movement, and was codenamed the Who Me? Ultimately, this never really worked, in part due to the unfortunate fact that the deployer of the stink weapon usually got a taste of his own medicine, getting contaminated with the fetid poop-smelling oil. But as we'll find out, animals are much more crafty and successful when it comes to butt bombs. Joining me today is actor, writer, bird lover, Kimia Bapornia. Yeah, you did it! Yeah, Hell I did yeah. it! Hi, yeah. I'm here. Wow. Very honored to be here on this butt weapon episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do love a butt, but this seems like the dark side of butts. The dark side of the butt. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that, is that like a Pink Floyd album? Yeah, I think that's exactly the, the title. The dark side of the butt? That's exactly the title, is yeah. That, yeah, yeah. But Stink Floyd. <laughs> ah, there we go. That's Got it. it. Roasted. Ooh, me? Boom. 
Um, why do you like birds? Um, you know what? I I like birds because they're just really fun to look at. They're just yeah. uh, they. There's a lot of birds that are just dumb looking. Yes. Um, and the way they move is so silly. They're very. It, the thing is, I like how I like all of what you said. I like that birds look dumb. They act dumb too. They certainly do. Most of them. I mean, obviously, there's the African gray parrot and the corvids, and those are all very smart. But like your your average pigeon, just like the way they kind of like bob around. Oh and yeah. Just they they also have an expression of just like what happened. Yeah, they don't know what's going yeah, on. Four oh four brain not. That's found. right. <laughs> yeah, pigeons are actually my favorite type of bird. They are everywhere, and mm-hmm. they're. Uh, Full of rocks, right? They have to be. Yeah, yeah. They just eat rocks. Um, so let's talk about exploding ant butts. Let's let's do it. Um, so there's a species of carpenter ant found in Malaysia and Brunei. Uh, it's called Camponotus cylindricus. Um, so when they're attacked, they'll violently contract their abdomen, exploding a sticky yellow glue from their gaster. So the gaster is the posterior portion of the ant's body. It's um, basically the closest we're going to get to an ant ass. Okay, yeah. That there is. So the act of their butt exploding does kill the ant, um, but it's a suicidal sacrifice to ward off enemies or invaders. And so the adhesive goo kills the enemy by being really... Really, really sticky and gross. That's it. It's just very, very sticky, sticky and sticky so... and gross, and just like you know, like that scene in The Incredibles where Mister Incredible gets. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. I'm... He get, gets attacked by those goo balls. Oh yes, and they like start growing, and he can't move yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's stuck like to the that. Ground. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. There yeah. are, it was. There was a product at Home Depot. Well, when I was in high school, that my English teacher was telling us about. That was exactly this. It was like this oh, yeah, goo you can sti- spray on a burglar. And it oh, real? Because I've heard of sticky traps for like pests, but like a no, glue, this is for like a, a human glue. person. I see, I yeah. see, like You'd a giant. Oh, that would be cool though, like a giant sticky trap for like a burglar, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh no. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. This you like spray on their face, and it turns and it, into a big goo that grows oh. like a foam on their face. Does this that, is not the same. Wouldn't that kill the burglar? No, no, they just can't see or, or, breathe or breathe till the police get there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So. Ants don't have the only uh, exploding butt. Termites. Oh, they don't? No, they don't. Wow. Termites also have one. <laughs> wow. So aging termites grow a sack of blue fluid that can suicidally explode onto enemies. Um, so a lot of termite species shoot poop at their enemies as a defense, but the toxic explosive blue goo takes it a step further. It's this caustic chemical, one that becomes increasingly toxic as the termite ages. It's like a fine wine, just really kind of like... Why would you say that? I mean, just really brewing in that that termite ass, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> older termites whose mandibles have become dull with age, and so they, they can't forage as well, and there's like not t- little teeny tiny termite dentures, so you can't... Uh, this is cute. I know. That's like, just like this old, little old grandpa termite is like, oh, I've got to get dentures and, <laughs> well, time to explode my ass. Oh, it's, uh, it's about time. Been <laughs> aging this wine for a long time. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, and so, because they're basically useless, which is 
So t- termites are basically useless? No, no, the older termites, which oh, sound sure. horrible when well, you, if you think about it, like personify them, but you know. It's okay. It's like Logan's Run. <laughs> yeah. So they can provide one last service for the colonies. They can blow themselves up. What? That's it? They yep. can just... But the blowing up is just to get rid of themselves. Doesn't do anything else to help anybody, or does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they blow themselves up on an enemy. So they're like, like, hey, fella, you want some Werther's Originals? Boom! My ass explodes. So termites have an army of just (laughs) old people. So you might wonder, how do suicidal termites and ants exist? Like, it seems kind of counterproductive. Yeah, I was wondering why they have to die after they protect themselves. Yeah, I mean, like, so the reason is... That uh, ants and termites are eusocial. They live in a big colony where only the queen reproduces. And this makes it so they can sacrifice themselves. And it it's not as important because, like, they're not really relying on their, their personal genes getting passed down. They're relying on the fact that ants are um, haploid, diploid, and, like, basically they're, they're sort of like clones of each other. So sure. that, that gene, that sort of genetic template is going to get passed down regardless of whether they actually, you know, give yep. birth to a brood of horrifying little larvae. So basically they're just 100% disposable. Yes. No matter how you look at it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Great. And a slightly different story is the bombardier beetle, uh, which uh, they're found all over the world except Antarctica because who would want to live there? Nobody. I don't know. It's got uh, ant in the name. <laughs> that's true. It's a, that's a bit of a misnomer. It's a, more like no ants, Arctica. Yeah, we should rename it. Yeah, it's it's an irony that like the one place ants don't live has ants has in, the ant name. in it. I mean, come on, you guys. Come on, everybody. Really dropped the ball on that. Who named that place? I don't know. Yikes. So at the Kobe University of Japan, they studied these beetles and found that they can escape from toad's stomach by uh, spraying a hot chemical from their butts. Just toad stomachs? I mean, toads seem to be the thing they studied, so yeah. I would assume the toads are the beetle's nemesis. Yikes, so they just blow a hole through the toad? Well, it's so what happens is there are these tiny explosions of butt chemicals that occur inside the toad's stomach, which causes them to vomit up the beetle. Oh. And actually, it's kind of a happy ending because the beetle survives uh, and the toads also seem to survive. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's just like you learn a hard lesson. Yeah. It's like, man, that it's like this feels a lot like Chipotle, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, totally. Chipotle. Yikes. That's a, that's a topical. You know how like sometimes when you eat Chipotle it like upsets your stomach? That's mm-hmm. I'm doing a thing about that, like as if Chipotle is like a beetle. He's the beetle. It, yeah, yeah the I ch- get what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, what if there's some like toads out there with body dysmorphia that just oh, eat no. these beetles on oh, purpose? No. <laughs> to, Those poor uh, toads. Toads, you, you're beautiful. Don't let mass marketing of unrealistic expectations That's right. hurt you. That you don't need to make yourself vomit. No, no, Mm-mm. no. And don't, just nobody try to eat beetles. Yeah, just don't do it. Just don't. Doesn't Stop even it. sound good. No. No. No, they're, they're, I mean, like, even in terms of insects, like, like have a nice grub or something. That's that'll go down smooth. But a beetle, Gross. I don't think so. Yeah, they have like pinchy faces. They got yeah, they got little dongles that are sharp. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like what little you said better. Dongles, sharp dongles. That's a scientific term. So let's talk <laughs> about scorpion anuses. Yikes! They're um, already scary. <laughs> they are, um, but they're good moms. 
Oh, they take care of their babies real good. Oh, I didn't know that. Some of them let their babies eat them. We talked about that on another episode. Wow, saintly scorpions. I know. So I got a question for you. If you could detach one body part, what would it be? Uh, for defense or just because? Well, d- defense. Oh, for defense? Let's narrow it down. Because like, I feel like if it's just because, I'd be like, obviously my head. Because that would be really funny. Yeah, Dang, I was going to pick head anyway. I know. But well, like, well, what's your reason for it being for defense? Uh, I would throw, oh, well, I guess I just assume that my severed head could still do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I could toss my head at people. You and, could uh, like spike your head down on someone. Yeah. Well, like, I was thinking I could just verbally abuse people farther away oh, from see. me. Just kick my head to a distance. Yeah. And, uh, Back and tell them to not come any closer to me. You could make like a morning star <laughs> your head on the end of a chain and like, be throwing oh, insults yeah. as you're like whipping your head around, being like, "You suck." That ah. yes, that's my answer. <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. So the Anateras scorpions of South America. I'm sure I pronounced that a hundred percent. Sounds good to me. So when attacked, they detach their stingers, which wiggle around, probably to ward off predators, kind of like lizard tails. Like their oh, yeah. tails will detach, kind of wiggle around, and it's like. Not only is it sort of like allowing them to escape because they can now run away, but then they've got this like tail to contend with. So it's mm. it's like a it's a nice decoy and also a way to to sort of like rip rip and pull. What well, you know, like rip yeah. cord kind of thing. Yeah, like parachuting. I've tried to catch a lizard before. Yeah, I get it from the lizard thing. You get those tails yeah. from those lizards. Like I used to try to catch lizards all the time when I was a little kid. And yeah. Like, just get a handful of lizard tails. Yeah, they just uh, detach the tail and run uh, away. Yikes. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. And I, I was like, I think I tried to keep one of the lizard tails once because I was like, well, if I can't have the lizard as a pet, I guess this tail will do because it was still Yuck. moving. So I assumed it, it was, was like alive? still alive. Yeah. You think a lizard was just going to grow out of the yeah. end of well, the tail I, I there? Mean, sure. Why sure. Not? Yeah, why not? It, hap- it works the other way. Why not? You're right. Who am I to tell you I anything? Know. Well, so... For the scorpions, unfortunately, their stingers uh, also include their anus. And mm. so when they detach their stingers for purposes of evasion, they lose their ability to poop. Oh, geez. Uh, then no, then no, they die? Well, no amount of prune juice is going to solve this situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of the scorpions turned into, I guess you would call it poop balloons. Okay, so they just fill up with their own poop. Yeah. They can live for about eight more months. Um, wow, that's a lot of time to just be I constipated. For I sure. know. Um, I mean, I think that's longer than a human can be constipated. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so one of the scorpions that was observed uh, lost their tail stub due to the trapped pressure of the poop. So I guess it like exploded. Oh, n- the scorpion exploded. Yeah, it was so full of poop it exploded. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but they can still hunt and mate. So the the whole thing with evolution is as long as you can pass your genetic load off, you like, will exist. You win. Yeah. Yikes. So there's some other scorpions that are just mating with a poop balloon. Yeah. And it's fine. I mean, maybe they're into it. I don't know. Maybe they are into it. Uh, it, it People's got different flavors. That's fair. People and scorpions. Yikes. What if they explode? While mating. Well, that, I mean, then they could just be like, surprise. <laughs> no, they'd be dead. They would be dead. What an exciting thing. That's a video I'd want to see. <laughs> Poop 
poop balloon scorpion explodes while mating. I wish I had that video for you. <laughs> uh, but instead, you know how Marvel, I am sure this episode is not going to come out right now. Like, but there's the Marvel movie that they'll came always out. be relevant. Yeah, I, I suppose so. The Avengers uh, final battle time. Endgame. Avengers, the last one. It's Endgame. Endgame. There you go. Avengers. Well, we we did it, no, guys. I just told you what it was. Avengers. That was a great time we had. All right, fine. Together fighting all together. Of your alt all titles of us. work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what if I just just humor me? What if Captain America never got a shield? What if the soldier juice they gave him not only made his little noodle body into big old muscly McMuscles, but made his perfect butt into a shield? So, like, he never gets a shield, but he's got a big butt. And then, like, so he's got Nazis coming. He just, like, shields everyone with his butt. Hell yeah. And, you know, it's like the bolts just bounce right off it. Yes. And he, like, can crush people between his cheeks. Like, yep. Red Skull, just boom, like a, like a nut Damn. in a vice. That's buns of steel. Buns of steel. Just deflects tesseracts and, you know, Age of Ultron. You know a lot. You know, based on what you thought Mm -hmm. the title of this Avengers movie was. Well, see, uh, like, he he collects the gemstones of destiny on his butt, though. And then so he can make butt snaps that... Well, so let's talk about wombats. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was really into this butt snaps and butts of steel. That's my that's my alternate universe OC uh, Captain America, but with a really big butt that does heroic things. That's amazing. I think a lot of Check people Check out my deviant art. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I will. Um, so wombats are like Captain America, except their shield is their butt. Except also they live in Australia. So they'd be like Captain Australia and their wombats. Damn. I mean, you can't argue that logic. I can't (laughs) argue much of the logic you've presented to me so far. So wombats, for those of you who may not know, they're adorable fluffy marsupials native to Australia. Um, They're pretty fierce and they can bite and scrape effectively. And they they can be little chunk boys. They weigh up to 80 pounds of just pure cuteness. Wow. They they look sort of, they have like kind of big noses. They kind of dope. Have you ever seen a wombat? I think I've seen a wombat. Let me show you one, Joe. Well, you said chunk boys, and now I really want to see a picture chunk of Chunk boys, wombat. yeah. Yeah, they're they're big old chunk boys. <laughs> um, Here, here's a whole. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen one of those. They are chunk boys. They're some thick little boys, and they're very cute. Um, And they also have a butt that is reinforced with cartilage. So this is a quote from Alice Swinburne, or actually, since she's Australian, it's probably Alice Swinburne, a PhD candidate at the University of Queensland. Um, Should I try an Australian accent? Yes, please. Do I dare? Uh, You must. It's accents aren't my thing. Well, you... But we're going to try it. So they're the... Hang on. Hold yes. <clears throat> Got to think down under. Down under. There you go. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Australian. S- good, eye. St- good eye. Good eye. Good eye. Good eye. Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Crikey. Here we go. There the dermal shield is essentially four fused backbones or plates covered in cartilage, fat, thick skin, and fur. Damn, that was good. Yeah, did Wow, it. you hustled me. I, I thought hustled. it was going to be terrible. Well, no, it's, it, I have to work up to it. I okay. can't go front, I can't go cold into that accent. Sure. Um, so basically they have a super butt. Yeah. It's a super, it's like, it's reinforced with bone, 
cartilage fat. They've got extra thick skin and extra thick fur. It is the boss butt, the boss of butts. Wow. So the wombat, uh, when threatened, will run into its burrow and just block the opening with its big old armored tushy. Oh, my God. <laughs> just enemies <laughs> bouncing off it, just completely, uh, it's it's invincible butt. That's amazing. I really want to touch that butt. I know. It's. I mean, it would probably be kind of like firm. Definitely firm. Um, so... Uh, there's also evidence that it can use the butt to crush the skulls of persistent predators. Oh, boy. Uh, it'll slam its booty against the sides of its burrow, crushing predator skulls who are unlucky to get stuck between a rock and a hard butt. Oh, boy. Look what you did. I mean, what a way to go to be crushed to death by the butt of one of the world's cutest animals. Yeah, I know. It's a real mixed bag for me. I love it. So I begs the question... Do humans have an analog? Yes, we do, actually. And But it's only through good old-fashioned German engineering. Not just German. I actually think it's Swedish. I'm really not good at... Uh, it. Anyways, it's called, it's called the Volk Personal Airbags. And then there's also another company called Hip Air. Oh, um, we're talking airbags? Well, they're personal wearable airbags. Oh, we're talking airbags you can wear on your chest? On your butt. Oh, on your butt? Yes, on your butt. Like a wombat? Like a wombat. Um, so these are for the elderly to prevent uh, them from breaking their hips during a fall because actually that's one of the most, um, the highest risks of uh, just being elderly with no other health complications just of like physical trauma is breaking your hip. Yeah, I've heard. Um, yeah, because like as you get older, it's harder to harder to balance. You have less like natural protection and it's 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 a this is actually really great it's funny but this is a great invention so the bags you you wear this like thick belt okay and then when it the sensors sense that you're you're falling the bags inflate uh and it just like creates an inflatable ass for you to like bounce on wow that's amazing and i think i have i think i have a video wow amazing wow it is just a big old side butt, though, it looks like. Yeah. I think it's on either side, though. Oh, it's so, oh, I see. So it's a full, it's it's either side of the butt can wow. have this a big inflatable cheek that will protect you from falls. Ugh, that's great. I need that maybe now. Really? Just for fun. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> like like you, you trip, you stumble, you're like, oh, no, I'm going to make a fool out of myself. But then you get this big inflatable butt. Yes. You bounce right back up and you're like, oh, what's the time? I'm all casual. Yeah. I yeah. would just walk around waiting to fall down yeah. if I had one of those. Yeah. Just bounce off cars. Yeah. Like, oh, you just, you didn't stop for me and I'm at a crosswalk. No problem. I just <laughs> bounce around. That's right. Just like a ping pong ball. That's right. Human <laughs> ping pong ball. Totally. So what's up with humans and our big butts and round butt cheeks? Walking upright gave us an added bonus of gaining nice butts. Our bipedal gait requires us to have thick gluteal muscle masses and wider pelvises to allow for a wider range of leg movement side to side. So that explains the muscles, but what of that nice cushy fat we got on our tushies? There's not really a definitive answer, though some anthropologists suggest it may simply be a convenient place to store fat on our bodies in preparation for times of scarcity. There's also the theory that women have more fat in our butts because of the added strain of breastfeeding and childbirth. 
maybe we're like the fat-tailed dwarf lemur, an adorable little critter found in Madagascar who likes to hibernate. They store huge amounts of fat in their tails to be used as fuel for their extended torpor. So if anyone tells you that you have a big butt, thank them for the compliment and tell them you're well stocked for winter. Hold on to your butts. We'll be right back after a few quick messages. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, do humans have weirdly gross biological defense mechanisms? After all, when we're scared, we can react by urinating, having bowel movements, or vomiting. Most of this is due to the fight-or-flight reflex. The reason we're not constantly peeing ourselves is due to the communication between the prefrontal cortex and the area of the brain that controls the bladder, called the pontine micturition center. When the limbic system takes over during times of fear or stress, the signals from the prefrontal cortex to the pontine micturition center gets interrupted, so there's nothing telling your bladder not to pee everywhere. The same principle goes for number two. Irritable bowel syndrome is a cluster of symptoms that includes stomach pains, cramping, and or diarrhea. For many people, IBS is triggered by stress. In fact, it's associated with psychiatric disorders. Over half of people with IBS also have panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, social phobia, post-traumatic stress disorder, or major depression. It's a somewhat mysterious syndrome, but there are theories that it's not simply a disorder of the bowels, but the brain, a miscommunication between the brain and the gut. In fact, there could be an imbalance of serotonin in the gut, 
Some poopologists suggest a depression of the second brain, meaning our butt brains. Our butt brains is known as the enteric nervous system. It's a bundle of nerves in the walls of our guts. It controls the functioning of the gut independently of our brain, though there's still communication between the two brains. And our gut brains can even have an influence over our emotions. Think about like when you get nervous and your bowels kind of churn and you get butterflies and you get more nervous. So maybe people with IBS should be seeking couples counseling between their head brains and their ass brains. So, you like hippos? Uh, I do. I also like the word poopologist. Thank you. Yeah, it's the scientific. Uh, it's it's actually they study um, they study trees. Oh. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> um, we're actually going to have a herpetologist on later, and it's not. It's guys, be mature about it. Yeah, man, it's not herpes. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's, there, I said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We said it. This is 2019. Yeah, we did the joke first, so don't even. Yeah, think it. don't don't even think it. L- grow first of all, grow up. Put on your pants. Yeah, put on your big adult pants. Move out of your parents' house. Move out of your parents' house. Because we're about to talk about hippo poop rockets. Nice. <laughs> um, so I found this book, and it's called The Social Life of Hippos. Hell yeah. And it's just, it's just wonderful. It has a whole section dedicated to defecation. Oh, it does. Quote from the book, The Social Life of Hippos. Defecation plays a prominent role in the life of a hippo and often involves more than the mere elimination of waste. Um, wow, so, great, David Attenborough. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> what happens is the hippo's tail is, quote, wagged vigorously while it's pooping so that the, quote, loosely constituted dung is sprayed around. Mm. Often this is done in a bush. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the book felt like I should know that. That they, they, they poop li- in bushes? They like to poop on bushes, but they, it's not exclusive to bushes. They like to poop in general. So Sure. The Social Life of Hippos book argues that though uh, this was once considered to be territorial behavior, that hippos are not actually territorial on land. So we're going to get into a big controversy about hippos. Ooh, can't wait. So this idea was supported by a study done in 1974 that showed no territoriality amongst Mara River hippos. This study was contradicted by a more recent study done in 2014 that looked at the territorial behavior of a male hippo that involved poop spraying onto the wall when a female hippo was introduced to his habitat. This was done in captivity, so like some people argue that this is a uh, different behavior than would be found in the wild. However, the University of Michigan Museum of Zoology notes that dung spraying is territorial and that the areas that are sprayed by the poop usually follow along the hippo's grazing path and territory, or boundary into new territories. Um, and But here's the thing. I don't know whether and you look like you're like, uh, what's happening? Like, wait, the, to me, it's like what dogs do when you take them on a walk and right. they pee on everything. Right. This right. is a hippo pooping everywhere. You think, like, and I mean, like, some biologists think it is territorial and some don't. And here's, but I have a theory. Okay. I think they just love it. They just I love think the- they love pooping. So... Another hippo behavior, according to The Social Life of Hippos, is dung showering of other hippos used as a display of dominance. Mm. Um, The San Diego Zoo notes that dominant males spray their poop onto subordinate males. Oh, no. here's the thing. Subordinate males will also spray their poop in the faces of dominant males. Oh, boy. So 
I don't know. Is is that really a display of dominance, or do they just so. like getting brown showers all the time? Gross <laughs> to say, but I do. It does sound like hippos just love to poop. It seems like they love it. There's a lot. And if you're eating something right now, I apologize. Sorry, sorry. But there's a lot of smelling, licking, and eating of the dung no that the hippos way. do. Yeah. Yikes. Is it good for them? Is it like they're supposed to eat that stuff? I don't think so. No. I think it's okay, but it's not like there's certain things like like they're ruminants, animals that um, uh, will eat uh, stuff and like they have, um, they'll actually like pass things like rabbits and, and guinea pigs will pass like poop and then like eat that and it's actually like yeah. a special type of poop that has sure. um it's just like once digested but stuff that can still have nutrients taken from it and so wow. that can be but i don't think this is the case of that i think this mm. is just purely for the joy of rolling around in their own filth Bro, so how many times a day will a hippo just poop it seems like a all lot. the time constantly yikes and you said their tails just like spray it around yeah like they wagon poop yeah if you've God. ever seen if you've ever gone to the zoo, hang around the hippos for a while because it will happen. And it's quite interesting because their little tail just like like goes like and like poop everywhere. Wow. Um, but so they're not not the only ones guilty of using poop as a uh, sort of projectile. Yeah, but this uh, is not a weapon. This is just they just like they it. just love it. I, I just included it because I mean there is the there is a theory that it is territorial or it is used to assert dominance but my Mm. thing is i think they just like it i'm with you um as a as a hippoologist um so let's go into the ocean okay and to one of the most majestic creatures that resides in the ocean the the pygmy sperm whale oh boy so, pygmy sperm whales can spew over three gallons of brownish red butt syrup. It's an intestinal fluid distinct from poop, and its purpose is to distract enemies while the pygmy sperm whale escapes. Did you say brownish red poop syrup? Yes. It's yeah. like a, it's an intestinal fluid. It's yeah. not poop, but it's not, not poop. Okay. It's, it's a butt syrup and it just makes the water murky so that the thing can run away essentially yeah mm-hmm. it's sort of like a squid ink yeah um that's fine it probably doesn't smell great either that's i'd imagine i also imagine that <laughs> yeah um so what we like to do on this show is we like to go on on the imagination train stop on off at the imagination station really kind of dive into the world and we're in a topic that is a little tricky to do that, to get too deep into imagination world because, oh, I don't know. you know, it's, but so uh, here's, this is actually a real story. Okay. Um, It's about how I've weaponized my own grossness. Okay, please. <laughs> um, When I was a kid, I had the flu and I would go to choir uh, every morning. And so I was pretty stoic. So I, Still went to choir, but I could feel trouble brewing inside me. Uh-oh. And we were singing Do Re Mi. Uh, and as we reached the sort of crescendo of Do Re Mi Fa So La Ti, a geyser of flu vomit just spewed out of me. No, my wha- little tiny body. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and either through pure luck or some kind of evolutionary instinct, 
I managed to aim my arc of puke directly at this girl who was super mean to me. Hell yeah. And just like 100%, like barely got it on anyone else but this one girl. Damn. And it was just like, and I, it was also my birthday. <gasps> Happy so birthday. I know. I was like, thank you. Thank you, flu virus. This is a great birthday present. I mean, I've never vomed on anyone, but if I could, I would aim it at someone who was yeah, really a I, hater. I don't think I was trying. I think it was just the universe allowing my vomit to reach a target. So it's like, it's, you know, it's like, I feel like car- the, ba- the universe balances out. It sure it always does. does. You have to vomit during choir, at least do it on someone who's mean to you. Yeah. Have you ever like either inadvertently or vertently uh, weaponized just something gross? Ugh, yikes. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like a terrible fart making people oh, okay. go away. Have you like just on purpose? <laughs> um, I haven't done it on purpose. <laughs> I sort of like to try avoid farting in public. It gives yeah. me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Even though we're supposed to embrace the fart. We I mean, you know, there's a whole yoga position about it. Oh, there is, yeah. Where it's like the the wind release pose. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, but yeah, I I feel like um I mean, I feel like I do feel like vomit is sort of it, it is a room clearer. So like if you're ever yes. in a situation where you need people to evacuate, but somehow you can't like mm-hmm. nobody's paying attention to you. You just, you just vomit. You just keep a bunch of beetles in your pocket, pop one and vomit. Yeah. Yeah. One of those one of those toad vomit beetles. Yeah. Yeah. The, they're. Yeah, don't do that. Okay. But don't do that. You were just saying to do it. I know, but sometimes I lie. Okay. (laughs) So the U.S. Navy contracted a company named Invocon to develop a vomit ray or, quote, non-lethal standoff weapon, as it's otherwise known. And here's a quote from the the Invocon website. It's a... IVC, Invocon, proposes to investigate the use of beamed RF, radio frequency, energy to excite and interrupt the normal process of human hearing and equilibrium. Uh, they say it can penetrate through walls and causes motion sickness, dizziness, and vomiting. Oh, my God. So they just point that thing at you and you feel off balance and yeah. then you vomit. You fall over you and start throwing up. Oh, my God. Have they used this thing before? I don't know. Have they tested it? I don't. I don't think they tell us if they have. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> why are there so many weird, terrible, like social humiliation weapons? I mean, I think this one is more practical, where it's like you can just disable someone if they're just like on the floor. Yeah, just make throwing them throwing up. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, so defensive vomiting in animals is a whole category of evolutionary defensive strategies. Um, so later we're going to have an interview with Dr. Greg Polly. He's a herpetologist and curator at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County. And we'll talk about some exorcism level vomiting defensive maneuvers in animals. Um, but just to give you a little taste, uh, there's a bird called the European Roller. It's a little bird found in Africa, Europe, and Asia who would make real nice little snack predators, lunchable sized. Um, but the babies will vomit nasty smelling orange liquid onto themselves to make themselves too revolting to eat. Oh, gross. Yeah. Like just, onto each other or onto themselves? I think onto themselves. Just like. <sighs> Birds are weird. Man. They are. They're, they're, they're nasty little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like to get nasty. They sure do. But speaking of nasty, uh, we're, we got to go back in the ocean. 
There's oh. one there's one more. Okay, let's go. The noble majestic sea cucumber. Oh, I do like how you say very positive, beautiful attributes. Yes. And we're about to talk about a gross thing that this thing does. Shaped like a pickle, but you know, that doesn't mean we can't see its inner beauty. And in this case, we're going to literally see its inner beauty because they're capable of self-evisceration. Oh, no. They shoot their internal organs out of their butt to ward off predators, and then they regrow them. You know. What? Yeah. Just like, it's like I guess I don't need these internal organs and shoots them at predators, so, allowing them to escape, and then they can regrow their organs. So these things just never die, then, is what I'm assuming. Well, I think they can, you, 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 they can still die. Okay. I mean, just like, well, it's like how, you know, Wolverine, sure, he's like, he can regrow himself, but you can still kill him. Can you kill Wolverine? I mean, I think they did. They did? Did they? Rip in peace. Which one? The, the Hugh Jackman one. Oh. I thought they did. I don't know. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Scientists are sequencing the sea cucumber genome to look at the genes behind their regeneration. So maybe someday medical science will advance to where humans can shoot their organs out of their butts and grow them back. Oh, hell yeah. That's super helpful. Well, not the first part of right. what you said, but Gro- regrowing. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Bezos is already probably doing this. Like, he's oh. rich enough that he's probably just like, like, give me sea cucumber jelly. And he's like injecting it into his veins. Oh, my God. Or a Zuckerberg. Maybe that's a Zuckerberg thing to do. What about an Elon Musk? That sounds like a... That, they're all doing it. They're, they're all just a little bit all, crazy. It's all a shadowy cabal of sea cucumber, like, cultists. Yeah. Just eating, just, like, injecting. They're more sea cucumber than man now. Damn, you're totally right. This is totally <laughs> going on. Oh, my goodness. It explains so much. It sure does. Those people will never die. Yeah, I was right. They're never going to die, and they're slowly just be- going to become, like, a... a a big tube oh my god like a sea cucumber oh my god so you're saying not only will they grow more insides they're gonna turn into cucumbers on the outside i mean look at zuckerberg it's already happening it is good roast (laughs) boom roasted (laughs) do humans ever try to defeat their enemies through gory intimidation like the self-eviscerating sea cucumber In 1097, Turkish soldiers were guarding a fortress in a city within Asia Minor when Christian crusaders rolled up with their catapults. Though the catapult was already a terrifying siege weapon, the crusaders decided to get a little funky with it. Turkish soldiers watched with horror as a torrent of bloody human heads rained down upon them. The crusaders had lopped off the heads of dead Turkish defenders and loaded them up as projectiles. After a week-long siege, the Turks surrendered. I'm not saying that sea cucumbers are better than us, but shooting your own organs out of your butt is a bit classier than launching dead people's faces at your enemies. So yeah, maybe I am saying sea cucumbers are better than us. Stay tuned. Just ahead, we have an awesome interview with reptile expert Dr. Greg Pauly, who has some crazy stories of gnarly animal defensive strategies. We'll be right back. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag-A-Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here with me today is friend of the show, Dr. Greg Pauly, herpetology researcher and curator at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County, to talk about one of the most metal animals I've ever heard of. Uh, So you know I'm excited about this. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the horned lizard, uh, where it lives, what its diet is, and why it squirts blood out of its eyes like a haunted super soaker. So first, everyone should be excited about horned lizards, because they're A, they're adorable, and B, they're amazing. They're like little, they look like little Pokemon. Like they, yeah. they have like little spikes everywhere and really cute faces. I think that's fair. Uh, they're adorable. Yeah. They're really adorable. Um, and so this is a, this is a, this is a, actually a group of lizards. So horn lizards, there's, depends on who you want, who you ask, which, what, what research you believe. But let's call it roughly 15 species. And these species are found from southern Canada down into Mexico. And, uh, here in California, we, we have a couple of these uh, species of horned lizards, and they are absolutely adorable. They are little lizards that mostly rely on camouflage and crypsis to mm. go undetected. And so... Can you explain uh, what crypsis is? Yeah. So basically, um, they're pretty much just trying to match the background, and they do this see, by yeah. a couple of ways. So they're, they usually, like, if you imagine, like a lot of these are sort of desert-adapted lizards, and mm-hmm. so they're often on sandy backgrounds. And so they're kind of rotund. There's mm-hmm. a reason that people call them horny toads, and it's because they kind of look a little toad-like. They're these very rotund lizards, and they kind of look a little like a disc. Yeah. And But they have, you know, they usually sort of have, like, red and brown kind of patterns on their back, which then really closely match the, the background that they usually are living on. Yeah. And then instead of having, like, a very crisp sort of outline, they've got all these spikes and horns yeah. and, and elongated scales and so forth that really break up their outline so that... You know, if you're like, say, an aerial predator, like a hawk, you're unlikely to see them because it doesn't fit your sort of typical lizard search image. Right, like, right. There's this like rotund hockey disc, you know, hanging out on the ground. And you yeah. can't even pick it out as a lizard. But let's say that all that fails, like something still finds it, even though it has this amazing camouflage. Yeah, like a hawk with heat 
vision or something. It's, I mean, some, you know, coyote smells it yeah. out or, you know, if they move, if they're running, you know, something might see them. Yeah. And so if something grabs them, what they, what not all the species of horned lizards can do, but most of horned lizards, most of the different species of horned lizards can do this is, yeah, they shoot blood out of their eyes. And they can shoot this stream of blood actually with pretty good accuracy for several feet. <laughs> they can feet. aim? Yeah. So it seems wow. like they can aim. And what they mostly are aiming for is they are aiming mostly for the mouth or the head region hmm. of whatever is attacking them. And this doesn't work on snakes as far as we know, which is one predator yeah. of horned lizards. But on dogs like like coyotes, yeah, yeah. foxes, um, it works on them. And it seems to also work on bobcats. Oh, really? Yeah. The, this blood happens to be incredibly distasteful. Yeah. And we actually don't know why it's distasteful, which is really interesting. We can speculate. There's like lots of speculation as to why it's distasteful, but it seems to be super distasteful. And so coyotes and foxes and bobcats, you'll actually see, you know, you can actually find videos of this on YouTube. Yeah. They're like, they the make blood the gets in the face. mouth and they make the yucky face yeah. and they're like clearly trying to get this grossness off their, yeah. off their tongue. And it turns out that horn lizards, it varies by species, but for most of them, like 95% of their diet is things like carpenter ants and harvester ants, sometimes mm. also termites, termites, but mostly these big ants. And so we think that whatever is in the blood for the horn lizards, it must be that they're taking sequestering toxins from I these see. ants. Yeah. And of course, ants are full of formic acid. Yeah. So we think that that's probably what's going on, but no one's ever actually like done the, or, you know, done the chemistry to figure out that that's really what it is. Medical mystery. <laughs> and we do know like incredibly, this happens very rarely. So it's very rare that the horn lizard will even shoot blood at a person. Right. But we actually know from a couple of different accounts that if that blood actually gets in the eye of the person, oh, that it is incredibly painful and yeah. it can actually cause temporary blindness wow, like, for okay. a couple of hours. Yeah. And there's only that's only happened to a few people where it's ever been reported. Yeah. But it technically can happen. So, so this is like acidic blood of some kind. Presumably. Yeah. I mean, it's it's there's something going on. And we presumably that's not blood. That is circulating throughout the right. entire animal because it's why is it stored in their in their tear ducts, right? Well, they're nearby. shooting the blood basically out of the tear ducts, but yeah. it's not clear whether that blood is being. I mean, the if you see a horn lizard when it gets, when it's getting stressed out, you actually see that ocular sinus kind of fill with blood. Like you basically see oh their eyelids start to get like sort of pouched oh out and like filling with. So you know, like uh oh, <laughs> it's unhappy, and so that's obviously not always like that. Yeah. So there's something, but like. Is it that the circulating blood is that distasteful? Well, probably not, because right, why right. is it that coyotes... Well, they'll still try to eat it. I mean, they're still trying to eat it, so it must be that at some point, like, it must be that parts of it are good. Yeah. Um. So we don't... There's still, like, a lot of research that can yeah. be done there. Can you imagine if people, like, to, like, when people are upset, they just start crying blood? It's so... Which is, I think, like, kind of the point, right? <laughs> like, that's probably why this evolved. Yeah. It's like, if, if you're a predator and you're like, I'm going to eat this tasty thing, and then right. suddenly it starts hemorrhaging yeah. blood, you're like, uh, there's something wrong with that. I don't yeah. want to eat that. You know, yeah. That's probably how this, in part, evolved. Well, so it kind of reminds me of this uh, historical story. Um, and around 496 to 465 B.C., uh, there was this king, uh, King Gujian, uh, he was the ruler of the Kingdom of Yue, which is uh, modern-day eastern China. I probably didn't pronounce any of that right. but um, So he was allegedly known to scare his enemies before battle by sending in a front line of soldiers who would cut their own heads off or at least like maybe get one hack in and then die. I think it'd probably be pretty hard to just conti- like, hang on a minute, I got, I got a little more to go. Um, so it was to intimidate the enemy and... 
What the enemy may not have known is that these were all condemned prisoners, so they were going to be executed anyways. So here is their sort of um, chance to kind of, you know, help out their families, earn some money, or like have some kind of final glory. Um, so it was, uh, it's like this, that like, man, anything that's going to like, like squirt blood out at me is, uh, yeah. not something to tangle with. I think it's anything that, anything that is just so crazy. Yeah. You're just like, I'm not going to mess with it. Right, right, right. If someone started just like vomiting blood at you or squirt. Yeah. yeah just, I think I would avoid that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I mean, you know, it is kind of, a an interesting thing because like when, when you are nervous, sometimes you like will uh, vomit or, or urinate or, or poop. And, and I don't think there's any evidence to suggest it's necessarily a survival strategy in humans. Um, it's more that your your autonomic uh, nervous system is just like, well, you're too scared to really control your bladder. But on the other hand, I think it may have some benefits for us where it's like, you know, maybe uh, you know, like you're fighting with someone and suddenly they smell some really nasty things or you throw up on them. They're going to be like, all right, I, yeah. it's too much trouble to yeah. be worth it. Yeah. I was going to mug you, but then once you pooped over everything, right, right. I'm much less inclined. <laughs> um, are there any other examples of animals using bloody or gross intimidation strategies to evade predators? Yes. There's tons. They do it all the time. I asked this as if I didn't know, but yeah, there, <laughs> there are, are so lot. many. Um, I mean, as a herpetologist, I obviously think about reptiles and amphibians, yeah. and it's so common in snakes, for example, yeah. that a really common defense strategy. I mean, because snakes are kind of limited, right? Like they yeah. can, they don't have arms. They, they can't, can't like scratch you. you. They yeah. can't punch you. They can't kick you. So like they're kind of limited with what they can do. And so you want to make yourself distasteful to a potential predator. Well, yeah. how about smearing yourself in your own feces? That oh, okay. That is a super common defensive Again, mechanism. Like in Jurassic Park or the new Jurassic Park where they like cover themselves in dinosaur poop. It was in, I it was totally one of the new, well, it's in one of the newer ones, the the lesser Jurassic Parks. <laughs> I just saw those and I totally, I don't, I can't believe it. May have been as a herpetologist, cut. I feel like I'm obligated yeah. to remember all popular references to smearing oneself you know, in feces. It may but. have been a cut scene. It may have been in a, a director's uh, cut scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they cover themselves in, in poop. See, that's too. actually, I love when movies like that actually do incorporate yeah. things from sort of biological reality. Like this yeah. is really common for snakes to do this um because snakes eat such large meals and vultures do this too like yeah. animals that eat huge meals oftentimes puts them at sort of a locomotory disadvantage yeah so if something then gotta, goes after them yeah. you don't have a way to get away it's like imagine a line and then a big ball in the middle and that's yeah you like just can't snake yeah so it can't it can't yeah. defend itself vultures yeah. sometimes eat so much that they actually can't fly very well yeah and so for both you know for vultures and also for a lot of snakes if they have a big meal the first thing that they do if something is like threatening them is they vomit. And not yeah. only is, I mean, especially with vulture, I mean, vulture vomit has to be like one of the most disgusting things in the world. It's it, got to, so it's like rotting carrion that's been sort of marinating in yeah. digestive juices yeah. for it a while. It was like in case the rotting carrion wasn't disgusting enough, yeah. you then get to like put it into the yeah. stomach. Like I, I once had food poisoning after eating some chicken that may have gone bad and that was pretty bad, but that times like a million. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, vultures do that. Uh, a lot of snakes will do that to get away. Um, and it kind of just, does it distract the predator or gross them out? I think probably all of the above. And it makes them more mobile. because It makes they, them more mobile yeah. so then they can get away. But I don't think it's probably, like, it's, 
I mean, if a snake does that or if a vulture does that, it still moves away from that vomit. So then the yeah. animal is still there. Whereas like the snakes smearing themselves in poop, like the animal is gross. Like the animal yeah. is now yeah, you don't slithering away and is, and is still poop covered. Yeah. And then there's also like, there's these great snakes called hognose snakes. Yeah, yeah. That actually feign death. They, yeah. They roll over on their bellies. And the, the thanatosis. Yeah, and they, they open their mouths and they stick their, they sort of lull and their tongue They emit an odor, And right? they emit this yeah. odor that sort of sounds like death and decay. Yeah. But then they're not even the only animal that does that. Like, yeah. when we think about, like, you know, you scare a possum and the possum, yeah. like, pretends to be asleep. What's it really doing is it's, like, pretending to be dead. And it actually gives yeah. off this really disgusting Nasty odor, Nasty, stink too. odor. So we see that a lot. And then there's all these other animals, like, um, I spent seven years in grad school at the University of Texas in Austin, and like we would go out, you know, driving around at night looking for snakes on the crossing roads. And one of the things you would sometimes come across are armadillos. And yeah. one of the things you learn very quickly if you ever try to catch an armadillo is that their defense mechanism is to just start pooping and peeing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So like they do that. <laughs> That's um, like a baby's defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're an if you're an aunt, aunt and you try to pick up a new baby or something, you just like starts pooping and just, peeing everywhere and uh and this is what frogs do you try to grab a frog yeah and its first defense mechanism usually is to just pee yeah. all over you i think i learned that as a kid because i would i would try to catch frogs and lizards all the time and like the amount of times where i just get like the first time it happens you're like oh no gross frog pee yeah. and then then you just gotta learn like all right yeah, buddy just, i'm onto your tricks yeah exactly <laughs> totally not intimidated by that yeah no if i might think like step one of becoming a herpetologist is like just accept the fact that you're going to get pooped and peed on a lot. Making peace with frog and lizard uh, poop and pee. Yeah. Yeah. Step one. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of things smeared themselves in various bodily fluids to become yeah. gross. Oh, that's that's excellent. That This is, uh, <laughs> it's, I feel like um, there was a, I'm trying to remember if it's like a CIA thing, but like there there have definitely been um, government uh, military operations where they research stuff like really bad smells, like really nasty, smelly things as a weapon. So it's not quite chemical warfare because it doesn't, I don't think they're meant to like actually damage people, but like it's like truly debilitate. Just, yeah. just debilitate you with like these with smell crosses. bombs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe we should just, uh, like if soldiers just covered themselves in, in, in poop and if pee, the job like, wasn't hard enough yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> One more step. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, do you have anything to plug or anything that people should check out? I guess, as always, I would just plug participating in uh, in citizen science projects. Yeah, we talked about this uh, before on the show. Um, there's an app that they can download, right? Yeah, so there's this amazing app called iNaturalist, and people can download the app, have it on their smartphone if they're out wandering around and they see wildlife, plants, fungi, whatever you get excited about, um, some sort of living animal or a sign of a living creature, take a photo, upload it to the app, and scientists yeah. like me might end up using that photograph in their research. Yeah, stop taking photos of your food and take photos of animals and help science. Yeah, and you can even take photos of animals eating some of your food. Right, and that's right, fine too. right. Your, your, your amazing latte you got from Starbucks, a lizard starts to drink it, boom, you've, you've helped got science. It. Just don't stress out the animal so much that it poops and pees all right. over itself. Although you're trying if, to take your photo. But if that does happen, yeah, still get take a photo, photo of it. Take a yeah. photo, yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So we're back with Kimia. Uh, wow. <laughs> we just heard some stuff about, you know, some pretty gross things that animals do. Yeah, more peeing, pooping, vomiting, blood yeah. tears. You know what? I think that it's just maybe humans that think uh, that it makes, like, vomiting, peeing, poop so... Um, 
taboo? Why? Do we, I mean, we could use yeah. it as a weapon. Too. I mean, like, I mean, like, certainly some of our primate uh, relatives. Will, they throw poop. They do. It's a. We we just we're just we're too we're prudes. That's the thing. That's it. I think I'm just gonna use my poop as a weapon now. Okay. You know you know what though? Like when I'm taking my dog on a walk and I have that baggie of poop. Oh yeah. Like I don't know. I've, I've talked to another person. This resonates with her. Where it's like it's at night. You've got your bag of dog poop and you're like I am armed. Yes. I totally. have dog poop. And like if there's someone comes up and tries to mug me, you know, dog poop into the face. Yep. Like. It's, it's a it, it is now like a mace. Oh, totally. But me, yeah, I don't know. Hey, that speaks to me too. I love that. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yuck. Um, so gross. Do you have anything to plug? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, if you guys watch TV, watch Abby's on NBC or Hulu. It's a cool show, and I'm on it. Woohoo! Woo! Yeah. It's probably less gross than this podcast. It's not gross at all. Nice. It's about a bar. Very okay. fun. Mm-hmm. So no pooping. Uh, no. No pooping in the bar. I don't know if this bar. audience is going to be interested. Listen, though. the bar's outside, so <laughs> technically there's bushes and you can poop Okay, in them. well, hippos would love them. Yeah, yeah, they totally would. Yeah, uh-huh. And can we find you on social media? Oh, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at childclown underscore. I had to put the underscore in there because some other freak wanted oh to be childclown. And uh, on Instagram at childclown. Just plain. I got that one first. What kind of weirdo would want childclown? I know, dude. Besides me, <laughs> Besides what you, other obviously. weirdo wants that? <laughs> uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden. Um, and you can find the podcast online, creaturefeaturepodcast.com. <laughs> and then on Twitter, Creature Feet Pod, not feet as in stinky gross feet, but feet as in F E A T. Uh, so Creature Feet Pod is the Twitter. And then also, I got a Twitter called Pro Bird Rights. And that's probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. It is um, the best thing I've seen. So yeah, check check me out there where I'm a bird. But I, d- I don't poop on myself or vomit on myself like that for a talk about. goodness. Yeah. Just on my enemies. <laughs> you had to toss that in there. <laughs> and thanks to the Space Cossacks for their awesome song, Exolumina. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 